Oh, I want to see him. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Lord bless you. You may be seated. As they were talking about Bible quizzing today, I remembered an incident many years ago at the Oklahoma camp meeting. We had a speaker, Brother Robert Bayer, who has memorized whole chapters of the Bible and could, could preach a message, nothing but scripture. And I had a friend, minister friend, who was feeling just a little bit intimidated. And as we were walking out of the tabernacle, several of us that one of those nights, he said, you know, I can quote scripture too. Let me show you. Jesus cried. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank the Lord. Well, sometimes that's about the, about the level of what uh, we can do. Praise God. Praise God. I want to uh, preach, teach, talk, whatever, for a little while this morning from one of the scriptures in the book of Genesis that has, over the years, become, I guess you would say, one of my favorites because it, it just keeps building and, and uh, manifesting itself in my life. In fact, I think I have used this scripture for a message that I have preached here before. Uh, but the beautiful thing about scripture is that you don't get just one message out of a, out of a passage. So in Genesis chapter 24, in verses number 26 and 27, I am reading this morning from uh, the way it is titled is the Holy Scripture according to the Masoretic Text. It is put out by the Jewish Publication Society. So this is, the Bible was originally written in Hebrew. So these are people who know Hebrew and they know English. So they uh, can make uh, uh, the translation maybe a little bit better than well, I know a whole lot better than I could because I don't know Hebrew. That's a start. And sometimes uh, it's doubtful about how much I know English. But anyhow. And the man bowed his head. Now this is talking about Abraham's servant who has gone to fetch a bride for Isaac. And the man bowed his head and prostrated himself before the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who hath not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. As for me, and here's the, here's the phrasing in the, uh, from the Masoretic text, the Lord hath led me in the way to the house of my master's brethren. The Lord has led me. I want to minister, preach, teach, talk this morning about walking in the way. Walking in the way. You'll see the footprints there in the uh, underneath walking and above way going right through the uh, and I want to talk about our journey. You do realize we are in the midst of a journey that includes uh, spiritual things. It includes uh, administrative things. It includes all, all sorts of things. But it's a journey. And the Lord leads us on our journey. There's a question a lot of times that that people ask, uh, particularly in interviews of, uh, for jobs and so on, and they will ask, where do you picture yourself 
five or ten years from now? Anybody ever been asked that question? Where do you picture yourself five, ten years from now? Well, it was ten years ago in February that Sister Moss and I came up here and closed the deal on the house that we now live in. It was a little later that year that we loaded up a U-Haul truck. I didn't. I moved to Bartlesville in a Volkswagen. I did not move out of Bartlesville in a Volkswagen. <laughs> Forty-six years in that city increased my worldly goods somewhat. And so we had a large U-Haul with a, a car carrier on the back. And then later we came out with my pickup with a smaller U-Haul trailer behind that. Where do you plan to be? Where do you see yourself five to ten years from now? Well, it's been right at ten years. And ten years ago, I saw myself through with pastoral ministry. I was going, I was retiring from pastoring. I, you do not retire from ministry. So when I moved up here, I tried to reproduce some of the things that I had been doing outside of uh, just regular ministry, pastoral ministry there in Bartlesville. I tried to become a chaplain for the police department, all three levels city, county, state, and ran into a brick wall. Well, I can try to be a chaplain for the fire department. That didn't work. Sister Wendy suggested I try the Civil Air Patrol. I ran across that application yesterday and that didn't work as well. Maybe I could help in a funeral home. I have a brother-in-law that uh, has worked both as pastor and as uh, funeral director for many, many years. It's the one who just had an LVAD uh, implant. And uh, by the way, he's doing very well. Thank God for that. Thank you for your prayers for him. Uh, and that didn't work because it seemed like everybody that needed to be buried needed to be buried when I was already obligated for something here at the church. So this didn't work. Ten years ago, I thought I was through. If you had asked me, where do you envision yourself 10 years from now, this is not the answer I would have given you. You take things step by step. Next slide. Step by step. Today and then tomorrow, and then the day after that, and you head one direction, and then sometimes tomorrow is a little different direction than today. And the day after that may be more of a difference of direction one way or another. Until the Lord has led you Someplace you know you wanted to go, but you didn't know where it was. And he led you, not only geographically, but chronologically. It just so happened that this servant of Abraham not only wound up in the right village, he wound up there at the exact time that the right young lady was coming 
to the well. I, the King James Version says, I being in the way, the Lord led me. There was that long traffic light that held him up. There was that wreck. Two camels ran into each other. And all of the trade goods were scattered along the way, and he had to wait until they could get that cleared. And he thought it was a delay. No, that was a leading. If that wreck hadn't happened, he would have been there, and she wouldn't have been there. But the Lord beautifully times things out exactly right. And we go step by step. Somebody has mentioned, I, they didn't mention it to me, but I just heard that, well, well, things are changing so much. Have you noticed that things always change? I have problems with this and its big brothers and parents and kinfolks and You can laugh at me for not knowing how to run one of these things, but how many of you can use a slide rule? How many of you know what a slide rule is? You see, things have changed. You can't, how do you make a collect call on one of these things? Step by step, our world has changed. The world I grew up in is gone. It is not coming back. Probably not any of you have a ringer washer. That was a big deal at one point. Step by step. Things are changing. Well, I don't know if I can put up with the change. <clears throat> Welcome to the club. When I was in high school, <coughs> pardon me, I, I realized that my parents were not keeping up with the times. Both of them had about an eighth grade education and uh, they were, they, they just were not keeping up with, with everything that was going on in the early 60s. It just, and I made a pledge to myself, I will never, <laughs> I will never get behind where I am not up on technology. <clears throat> I may as well have said I'll never get old. I had about as much chance of, of doing one of those things as the other. Obviously, I'm not a digital native. Where are you going to be? Five years, ten years. Where's this church going to be? Five years, ten years. We have no idea because the Lord is leading us. And I want to go on the trip. Let me, uh, Sister Leela, if you could take these next two slides and put one up and then the other one up and back and forth a, a time or two for us. We've, we've got a set of arrows here and and here's the first one they're pointing in, and then uh, uh, about the same arrows pointing out. Just, yeah, I hope that doesn't make you dizzy, but uh, just in and out and in and out, because I want to talk about both of these things and ask you, where is your focus? 
We're talking about things changing. So with all of the change, where is your focus? Uh, bring us to the, yeah, the, the arrows pointing in. Funny thing about, about church that there are so many different ways of looking at it and looking what its purpose is and what it's for. Uh, sometimes uh, people think that uh, the church main function is uh, is uh, family oriented. That uh, when somebody's uh, going to get married, well, they they need the church. When somebody's having a child, well, they they want the church involved there in in uh, showers and this that and the other. And then when someone dies, well, they they need the church for the funeral service and so on and. And so they've got it. The, their their idea of the church is uh, ha uh, hatching, matching, and dispatching. <clears throat> uh, that's a little extreme, but there's a lot of folks that, uh, though they have extra definitions in there, their idea of church is me oriented. What can I get out of it? What can I be entertained? Can it? Can it? What can it do for me? What? What about me? What about my enjoyment? What about my learning? What about my doings? What about uh, what? What can I profit out of it? And believe it or not, that's in the scripture. And the other part of this, with the arrows out, is also in the scripture. I'll, I'll give you the scripture in a minute. But our focus can be, really should be, what can I do for others? How can I help the church? I remember listening to John Kennedy's inaugural address. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. He was real bad with his Texas accent, so. <clears throat> How can I serve? Where can my talents be used? How can I be available? Outward. Oh, in that scripture, Jesus said he came not to be served, but to serve. Things are changing. And one, let me just give you a little clue, a little hint here, that we're working on getting the senior pastoral team off of this platform a whole lot more than it is now. We want you up here. We're working on that. That, that this is your church. You've not hired a bunch of church workers and you come on Sunday to watch them work. That's not what church is about. It's not how can they entertain me, but it is how can I serve the Lord and the rest of the church. Where is our focus? What is our way of operating? What is our concept? There are churches, uh, there's one in the Tulsa area that they were always having some big show coming through. Uh, they had the, the power lifters. They were weight lifters that were somehow were supposed to, with their lifting weights to, I don't know what the spiritual application was, but they they had them through there three or four times, I guess, and and then the next week they'd have somebody else coming and and some other uh, unusual thing and then something else. I thought, uh, that's not a pastor, that's a booking agent. Church is not just for you to be entertained. It's not to come and watch a show. It's to worship the king of kings, and to serve him and his body. Praise God. Well, I don't know. that. I don't know if they really need me. 
<clears throat> let, me, let me give you an illustration here, something we can just suppose. Just, uh, uh, just, just think about and, and kind of get an, an idea. Now, there's just suppose and there's some symbols underneath that. And you may recognize one or two of them, but all five of those symbols are symbols of different kinds of money. Brother Moss, you, yeah, there you go, preacher, talking about money again. <clears throat> the electric company talks about kilowatts, but every, every month they're going to send you something about money. Let's just do some supposing here for a minute. Let's, let's suppose that we were looking at a situation where we're taking up an offering in the church or receiving an offering. <laughs> i got to watch my language here. Receiving it. We just did that just a few minutes ago, didn't we? Now, what's that for? Well, it's to pay the bills. And if there's enough extra, then we can maybe expand some of what we are doing in trying to serve the body and the community. But let's just suppose, now I don't, I, nobody go away from here saying this actually happened. I don't want anybody to say, did you hear about that New York church? They got, you'll see in a minute what I'm talking about. We didn't got. We're not planning on gotten. <laughs> but just suppose that raining from the sky or somebody's rich uncle died or some, some multi-billionaire just got generous and he sent us, can you see this, give me the next slide, $20 million dollars. For the New Ark Church. Stunned silence all over the building. Some of us can't even think that high. And the guy that's doing this is one of them. I, I can't think $20 million high. But I know what we'd do first off. At least two million of it would immediately wind up in global missions. So I'd leave us 18 million here. 18 million dollars in the banks. Because you don't want to put all that in one bank, it's not covered. FDIC wouldn't wouldn't help us there. $18 million. Let's just round it off to 20. Somehow, even after tithes, we, we wound up with $20 million. Now, there are some folks that their mind immediately goes to, we won't have to march anymore. They don't need my money. Let me share a little secret with you. God's going to provide. I've seen God provide. In fact, I remember a story that happened. It really did happen. Somewhere probably between two and three million people spent 40 years picking up their bread six days a week, out in the desert. God's going to provide. Sometimes it may not be two days worth, but he's going to provide. But let's just say we, we had $20 million. <clears throat> the very next service, we'd come to a place in our schedule 
and we would say, can our ushers come? And now we're going to march. What are you doing that for? You've got $20 million. Let me tell you what we're doing it for. Boy, it's getting quiet. Because what's in the treasury is not what's the important thing. It's not about how much money we might have, and I can guarantee you we don't have 20 million. As the treasurer, I can guarantee you we do not have anywhere near that. What's the money for? Is it to ease the burden on you? What's the offering for? Well, it's to keep the electric company satisfied. And when, we, <clears throat> when we need new equipment to keep the equipment suppliers happy. When we have a, a special gathering to have a cushion to, to, to keep things going. And if we had $20 million here, <clears throat> there are a lot of things that we could do that right now are just a dream. But you see, even if there's $20 million there, that does not change my obligation to God. It does not change God's obligation to me. It does not change the real substance of what's going on here. When we march, we, yes, we'll pay the bills with that kind of money. Yes, we'll take care of salaries with the money that comes in there. And, and <clears throat> if I can, if I can just, just be transparent and and clear and plain here, there were times in Bartlesville, I, I remember one of my, my secretaries, I, in fact, uh, it was a speech I gave a, a new secretary treasurer, and I told him, because there are always some people that, that don't do exactly what they're supposed to, and it shows up in the, in the books, or rather it doesn't show up in the books, and so I, I told, I'd tell my new secretary treasurer, you just keep the records and let me do the worrying. All you're doing is, is just keeping the records, that's it. And I'll worry about their spiritual condition. Well, I didn't always say about their spiritual condition, I just said I'll do the worrying. And one day, uh, my secretary treasurer came up to me and said, Brother Moss, you might start worrying. <laughs> Funds were low. Later on, we had changed to another secretary. I'd given him the same, same uh, little speech, and, and he came to, to service one night. He had a handful of magazines, Old West and World War II and, you know, all these, these specialty magazines. And he brought them over and he gave them to me. And he said, Brother Moss, I'm bringing you these magazines so you'll have some reading material this week because you're not going anywhere. Now, if you don't know what that means is there wasn't enough to write me a paycheck. Well, I didn't go on strike. I caught up on World War II. You see, if the money doesn't come in, we just cut back. If we can't afford it, we don't do it. Well, you got $20 million, you can afford it. You got $20 million, I don't have to do anything now. 
That's that inward focus. That's those arrows pointing in. What's in it for me? I get to keep more money. Now, somebody's going to misinterpret all of this particular part of the service, and I know they will. <clears throat> but let me, let me point out that when you march and drop whatever you drop in that offering bag, it is not primarily to pay the electric bill and the water bill and all of the other things that are involved in, in keeping the doors of a church open. If we had $50 million, it wouldn't make any difference in what we need to do when we make our circle. Because our bringing our offering is not just a matter of keeping the bills paid. It's a matter of worship. It's a matter of, Lord, here I give you a representation of my time, my energy, my efforts. I worship you. Read through the Old Testament. Look at the feast days. See what they were required to bring. A lamb of the first year. A bullock. Two turtle doves, a meal offering, whatever else it was. They were very specific things. It was not because God needed them. <clears throat> you you he, read about a sweet-smelling savor from the, from the offering going up. That was burnt meat. Sweet-smelling savor. It wasn't the aroma of the burning meat. It was the aroma of worship offered up to him in the way that he had chosen in that day. I want to worship him. Don't cut me off from being able to worship him. If it's by praise, if it's by word, if it's by uplifted hand, if it's by giving my money to the work of the Lord, don't cut me off from worshiping him. You see, what we're doing when, when, we, when we march, it's, uh, yeah, we'll use the, the money for, to pay bills and to, to, to reach out and to, uh, to send missionaries and all, all, all kinds of things, everything we can, everything we can afford. But if we got $20 million sitting there, I still need to worship. I still need to give him of myself. I still need to do what he said to do. I still need to be involved in what he wants us to do. You see, this is, this is not just following a, a set of rules and then when, when we get to a place where uh, we, we've gone so far that those rules don't apply anymore. No, God's word is forever settled in heaven. Let me read you a scripture, and I'm gonna, I, I, we're going to project it up here. It's for Matthew 28 and 20. And uh, uh, the King James Version says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. I'm not sure what, uh, what version that is. It'll, I'll probably run into it here in a minute. But I had King James, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. That's, that's some of the last words Jesus left with his apostles, with his disciples. He said, what I want you to do, I want you to go preach, teach, tell them about repentance. But bring them to a place where you can baptize them in Jesus' name. Tell them about receiving the, the gift of the Holy Ghost. And, and bring them, uh, disciple them, teach them, 
What are you doing? Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. I'm going to use that same term observe here because it shows up in, in multiple ones, but I've just chosen three translations. From the American Standard Version, it says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. Pretty close to the same. From the Smith Goodspeed, the, an American translation, it says, and teach them to observe all the commands that I have given you. From the Amplified, it says, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. So now we're just supposed to stand and watch. No, that's not what observe means. Observe means to get involved in it. Teach them to follow this, to do it. In fact, from the New Living Translation, and I believe that's what that is up there, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. The word there is obey, not just observe, not just look at, but do it. Then the Weymouth translation says, and teach them to obey every command which I have given you. Now, I like the Phillips translation. Phillips has some ways of putting things. It's a uh, in modern English, New English, it says, and teach them to obey all the commands I have laid on you. <laughs> the Williams translation says, and teach them to practice all the commands that I have given you. Beck says, no, let me go to the message first. The message says, then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. And then Beck says, and teach them to do everything I have commanded you. You see, there's some things that the Lord told us to do. And we need to do them, no matter what the circumstances. You'll notice that there was not verse 21 that says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Verse 21 unless you've got $20 million in the, in the treasury. He says, worship the Lord, love the Lord, and love your neighbor as yourself, unless they don't move their trash cans in time. Oh, but there are a lot of people that come to the church and they worship God and they love Him. So since they're loving Him, it's not so necessary for me to. Oh yeah, teach them to do all I've commanded. Love the Lord. You do it. Unless everybody else is doing it and then that's all right for you to neglect it. No, no, no. Love your neighbor as yourself. Unless he, you know, fill in the blank on what it is your neighbor does that aggravates you. Leaves a strip of grass on his side and you have to mow it to make things look right. Doesn't bring his trash cans in on time. Leaves his car up on blocks in the driveway. There used to be a joke about a certain state. I will not say where it was because it would change from part of the country to part of the country. But you could tell who was a rich person from that state because they had two cars up on blocks in the front yard. You see, there's some things 
that if we get that inward focus, we'll find reasons why we don't have to. They got lots of money. Well, I'll tell you, I've, I've done some traveling in the last 58 years of ministry. And I've seen lots of different kinds of money. You remember those five symbols? I've, I've seen sucres in Ecuador, rupees in India, pesos in Mexico, uh, drachmas, libras, francs, oh, just uh, on and on. But in all of my travels, I've never run across extra. If we had $20 million, let me tell you what would happen. The rest of the work of God would be bountifully blessed if we suddenly came into $20 million. Because we're not pointed in. We want to point out. Brother Moss, what's that got to do with walking? Walking in the way. Well, I think we go to Matthew 28, verse 20. This is step-by-step instructions. Teach them to walk, to observe, to obey, to do, to practice everything I said to do. I, I want to be where Jesus wants me to be. I don't want to be looking for a way out. I'm looking for a way in. I'm not looking for the easy way. Jesus didn't talk about an easy way. He said, in the world ye shall have tribulation. In the world you'll have troubles. You'll have problems. You'll have folks that are doing things, and they're, they're accomplishing, and they've got more than you do, and you can convince yourself to just leave it to them. But the point is, every one of us needs to walk. Because if we'll do what God said to do, if you got $20 million and could underwrite the whole thing, I still need to make my contribution. Not because the project needs it, but because I need it. I want to be a disciple. I want to be like Jesus. I want to follow in his footsteps, step by step. That's the way I'm going to get where I need to be. That's the way I'm going to be what I ought to be. That's the way that every one of us gets where we're going. We've got a job. We've got a destination. We've got a commission. Well, we can let the, the senior pastoral team take care of leading everything. If you do, you'll miss a blessing. Well, we can let all those other folks repent of their sins, and, and I'll just keep on going. No, 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 no. Teach them to do everything I said. I commanded, I commanded repent. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish, Jesus said. That's one of the things that we're commanded to do. He told us to baptize in His name. That's one of the things He commanded us to do. We, he said, receive ye the Spirit. Teach them all things I've commanded. Follow holiness with all men. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which you shall not, no man shall see the Lord. We've got to be holy in this unholy world. If we don't, we'll be swept away by, by the insanity that's around us. The inmates are running the asylum out there. 
and things which are obvious. They say it's not obvious anymore. They want you to think like they think. Jesus came that we could have this mind in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus came, King of Kings, born in a manger, Lord of Lords, washing dirty feet. Possessed inside that spirit that was in him is eternal. He didn't have to die. But he gave his life. In fact, he found a way to suffer death for you that you could live with him forever. Step by step, he came. Step by step, we walk. Step by step, we go. I'm not looking for excuses. You better not be looking for excuses for reasons why I don't have to do. I remember back in college, and I've heard it from several others since, but there was a study group, and church time said, I got to go to church. So, oh, the Lord won't mind if you miss one service. You know, I thought people who spoke for the Lord were called prophets. And that person who was saying that really didn't seem to fit any of the other qualifications. Step by step. Step by step. They got lots of money. Well, you may not know the whole story. They got plenty of people. They won't miss me. You're going to be missed. I don't really have much to contribute well Jesus honored a lady that put in a quarter of a cent we don't even have money that small but he said I noticed what she's done that attracted my attention it wasn't much but it was what she had that she could give step by step if you've not repented of your sins, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apply Matthew 28, 20. And I'm going to teach you, tell you, bring to your attention that if you've not repented, you need to repent because Jesus commanded it. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, I'm going to tell you, you need that because Jesus commanded it. I've got a lot of other reasons, but that's enough. You need to receive his spirit because he said to do so. Teach him everything I've commanded you. You need to walk holy in this world. You need to let your mind be transformed to where you think differently than everybody around you. You need to give, not because we need the money, whether we need it or not, you need to give. Because that's part of his plan. You need to be reaching out and looking how you can help other people rather than seeing how much help can I get. 
I'm not talking about a five-year plan. I'm not talking about a 10-year plan. I'm talking about right now, today, one step at a time. I, let me quote it from the King James, I being in the way, I was already started. I was doing what I could, and the Lord led me. As we stand, this altar's open. Let's come talk to him about the next step. If you haven't repented, then that's your next step. If you've not been baptized, that's the next step. If you haven't received the Holy Ghost, that's the next step. If you're having trouble with holiness, that's the next step. If you're having trouble with your finances, that's the next step. If you're having a problem with getting involved, that's your next step. Whatever it is, it's a next step. My step. Oh, I can't do that. Yes, you can. He'll help you. Somebody said it that this way. God doesn't necessarily call the qualified. He, call, he qualifies the call. What you lack, he's got. What you need, he'll supply. What you haven't done, he'll lead you to if you'll listen to him. If you'll stop getting so frustrated and upset by the delays of those, those camels running into each other and seeming to slow you down, that, that may be just trying God trying to get your attention and bring you to the exact place at the exact time. March of 1963 I was on a school bus had my attache case in the overhead rack went to get something out of it and I couldn't get it open so I had to take it out of the rack and sit down on the on the bench there in the bus turned around and there was a young lady we began to talk about things that had been going on at the, the contest that we had just been to. And because of that conversation, I'm standing here today. I being in the way, the Lord led me. The Lord wants to lead you if you'll walk with Him. If you'll let Him direct your steps. If you'll take that step, you'll be in position to take the next one. And then the next one. And then the next one. Nearly 60 years now. And in all 60 of those years, where do you plan to be five years from now, ten years from now? I'd have got it wrong every time. But God knew. God knew. Praise God. Lord, speak to our hearts. Direct our steps. Help us to want to walk with you. To be what you'd have us to be. Oh, God, we need you, Savior. Lord, we need you. You want to help us let us let us let you help oh god make us willing help us be willing hear the cry of our hearts and help us to see how we can be obedient to your word in our own lives Oh, God, as we walk in your way, as we walk with you, praise God. Hallelujah,
I used money as an illustration this morning because we can all understand money. But you'll notice I didn't ask you for a dime. It's not what this was about. It's not to increase offering. It's to increase walking with him. That's just an illustration. Are we inward focused? What I can do... Uh, what I can get out of it, what will profit me, what will make it easier on me, or are we outward focused on his work, on his body? We're not swinging from the chandeliers, it'd be a little difficult in this place. But if we can, if we can go from here and walk with 
we'll have had a major victory in the spirit today. Walk with him, step by step. Things are going to change. Change is it, it's just part of life. But let's work with his change. Praise God. Let's stand and worship him as we are dismissed this morning. Praise God. Lord, we magnify you. We worship you. You're great, greatly to be praised. We magnify you, Lord. God, <clears throat> we trust you. Trust you, Savior. For every step of the way. Oh, hallelujah. Our guests would like to stop for a cup of coffee, a little snack, right back near the doors on the way out. We've got a class that I'm sorry you're going to be running just a little bit late today. But God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.